Jackson. And this game is underway with a bang. This is where the lacrosse area gathers to talk Wisconsin sports. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Join in by phone or text at 796-2558. Now, here's Grant Bills. So, everybody keeps saying there aren't any sports on right now. Watching Korean baseball, watching UFC. There's a huge sporting event going on right now. A big tournament. And it's it's the tournament to see which one of the American Professional Sports Leagues is going to return to play first. If you view it like a competition, it's actually pretty entertaining. And it's actually pretty fun. Of course, talking about Major League Baseball, NBA, NFL, and college sports as well. College sports might be the most interesting of all. There's a lot that goes into college sports politically, right? If, do you have students on campus, right? Do you have scholarships? How does it all work? College sports might be the most complicated sports league of all. And right now, the way I'm viewing it is baseball and the NBA are squaring off against each other to see who can return to play first and therefore who can get back to making money off TV, who can profit, who can suck in all the ratings because there's a big void right now. The landscape of American professional sports, to me, is fascinating right now. I would rather be watching sports, but I'm trying to view the silver lining. The timing of all of this and the response of the NBA, MLB, NFL, NCAA, it's really, really interesting. As somebody who enjoys the politics of the NBA and of the MLB and the politics of sport, and and I enjoy the way media covers it, I think it's all really interesting. This is actually a pretty fascinating time to be a sports fan. Now, it's also boring. I think it can be fascinating and boring. I'd rather be watching games. I'd rather be watching the Bucks and the Brewers. I'd rather be going home tonight and watching a 7-10 first pitch Brewer game and watching a Bucks game later on this week and maybe a Sunday afternoon Brewers game. Don't get me wrong. That sounds a lot more fun. That sounds a lot more enjoyable. But to act like sport and the world of sport isn't interesting right now, I, 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 I can't. There's so many interesting layers at play politically as we're seeing in our state right now what the Supreme Court did yesterday in comparison to other states around the country I mean even just look at Michigan I mean their government couldn't even meet today and that directly impacts sport especially on the west coast where it might not be the athletic director or NCAA officials who make the call it might be state officials who say we're not playing sports Cal UCLA USC if you want to play go play somewhere else It could be fascinating politically, as well as what the commissioners do of their respective leagues and the coaches and the players and the players' associations. It is is messy, and it's fascinating. I'd rather be watching games, but I find this pretty entertaining as well. And basically, we're watching the sport, and the sports are competing to see who gets to play sports first. Just look at it a competition. It's more interesting that way. My name is Grant Bills. This is the Wisco Sports Show. Hope you're having a good night. We're going to cover a lot of ground tonight. At 5.30, we're going to talk to Radio Joe, executive producer of the Bill Michaels Show. I Man, it's difficult enough to fill an hour-long show when there are no games to talk about. But I feel like my job is easy compared to Radio Joe. Radio Joe's got four hours and 16 stations all around the state to entertain every day. Alongside, of course, the host, Bill Michaels. So I'm, I want to talk to him, see how he's doing, and get his thoughts on baseball, on basketball, maybe which one of these leagues could be coming back. And I'm sure we'll talk Packers as well. We're going to talk Packers coming up at 5.45 before 6 o'clock. But I wanted to start with the NBA and Major League Baseball because I think baseball and basketball right now are very related. They're almost at odds. It's, it's almost a cold war. Think of it like the Cold War, where both sides are working towards a goal 
And it's a race to see who can get back on TV first. And right now, Major League Baseball is running laps around Adam Silver and the NBA. I finished yesterday's show by talking about the NBA and Adam Silver a little bit. The NBA is probably my favorite league. It depends on the year. But I enjoy talking about the NBA. I enjoy reading about the NBA probably more so than any other sport. Which in this state doesn't always work because we love our Brewers. We love our Packers. There's not always a lot of time for the Bucks. Right now, the Bucks are amazing, so they force their way into our conversation. But basketball is probably my favorite league to talk about, and I really, really like and admire and respect Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA. But then yesterday's show, if you were listening, I had to be brutally honest, Adam Silver looks bad right now. To me, he appears frozen. He appears frozen by fear and by empathy, and those two ideas are very intertwined. Right? He's afraid of the players getting mad at him. The owners getting mad at him. He's afraid of the fans getting mad at him. And he's afraid because he's a very empathetic individual. He's concerned about his players and their safety. He's concerned about the fans not having a product to watch. Fans of teams like the Lakers and the Bucks and the Clippers and the Toronto Raptors just not having a conclusion to their season. He is fearful because he's empathetic. Those two ideas are intertwined, and that's why Adam Silver is just paralyzed right now. Now, the NBA Players Association surveyed players on a return. We talked about this a little bit yesterday. Chris Haynes of Yahoo Sports, I believe, reported it first. But Chris Paul, the president of the Players Association, arranged a conference call between some of the league's royalty. That's probably the best way to put it. The biggest names, the best players. LeBron, Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant, Giannis, Kawhi, Steph, Damian Lillard, and Russell Westbrook. They all got together on a conference call And they decided to form a united front. They said, if we can return to play, we're all going to do it, right? We all want to fall in line. We want to make sure we have a united message. I hate that this survey was conducted because I think there's no need for it. There's no need for the NBA Players Association to be anonymously polling their players. They should know. That's the job of the union is to know. Adam Silver and the Players Association shouldn't be, well, guys, like, do you think... Do you think we should play again, or should we just be done? What do you guys want? I think it's very, very weak. It's very weak. I hate that the survey was conducted. I love the results. I love the results of LeBron, AD, Durant, Giannis, everybody sitting down and saying, hey, let's let's get on the same page here. I love that. Because the players in that conference call did what Adam Silver and his co-workers, colleagues at the front office of the NBA The players did what Adam Silver and company won't do, and that's form a united front. And that is so important during a time of crisis. During times of crisis, you need to have a united front. You see, every sitcom where there's a marriage, what is the storyline is the wife is always mad at the husband because the husband won't step up and have her back against the in-laws, against the kids, against a teacher, right? Governor Cuomo in New York, I'm not going to get into politics, but it's another great example. When he was asked about Donald Trump, this is a couple weeks ago, when Governor Cuomo was asked about Donald Trump, he said, look, I'm not going to get into politics right now. I'm not going to engage. It's counterproductive, right? We're above politics right now. This crisis is bigger than politics. And that's part, partially the reason why Andrew Cuomo is, or which one's the governor? There's, there's two. They're brothers. That's why Governor Cuomo has remained popular during this, because New York is, is a nightmare, What's funny is, is Florida has actually done really well. I don't know if that'll continue. Florida's done well, but everybody's ripping Governor DeSantis down there. Everybody loves Cuomo because Cuomo knows how to spin this. He knows the kind of leader and the kind of image he needs to project, and that was a united one. He said, I'm not going to argue with the president. I'm not going to get into it because we're in a time of crisis, and we all need to be on the same page. 
And the NBA players get this. I'm not sure Adam Silver in the NBA gets it. Silver right now is stuck by fear and by empathy. He is fearful because he cares so much about his players, his fans, his owners, which is a, it's a great quality to have. Empathy is great. But sometimes you need to make stone-cold business decisions. Up until this point, Adam Silver, during his time as commissioner, has pitched a no-hitter. He has not misstepped once. China didn't go well, but I don't know if people are really going to remember that because it was immediately followed by this, the coronavirus, which, interestingly enough, was related to China and started in China, which is a little bit ironic if you ask me and a little bit funny that the NBA is now shut down because of something that happened in China. Funny how things come full circle. He's pitching a no-hitter. The only snag he has had was the Donald Sterling incident. And that was a home run for Silver. He's the player's commissioner. Screw that guy. We're going to force him to sell his team. We're going to find him, and we're going to ban him from games. Easy. Everyone loved it. That was low-hanging fruit for Adam Silver, and he knocked it out of the park. That situation played into his brand perfectly. Adam Silver's pitching a no-hitter, and he knows it. And that's why he's scared to throw a fat fastball right across some plate. He's afraid he's going to mess up and ruin his perfect record. And that's understandable. But in comparison, Roger Goodell has done anything but pitch a no-hitter. Anything but. The NFL has made missteps here and there with discipline, with punishment, surrounding domestic assault, with a concussion issue, with a Thursday night football issue. The NFL has had issues. And Roger Goodell's the poster boy. He's the commissioner. He's on the front line. That falls on him. Roger Goodell improves the NFL at every step. He keeps making money. He keeps improving the league. So even if he ticks off some players here and there, he ticks off an owner, ticks off the fans, everybody gets over it because the NFL product keeps getting better and better and better every single year. The difference between Silver and Goodell, Roger Goodell isn't polling anyone. He's not surveying anyone. He will do what he believes to be in the best interest of the league, and he will do it because he wants to do it. Because he says so. Because he's the commissioner, and because he can. Adam Silver can't do that. 99% of the time, Adam Silver couldn't get away with behaving like Roger Goodell. The leagues are too different. The players are different. The owners are different. The structure, the attitude, the optics, everything is different between those two leagues. And Adam Silver could not behave in a a dictator-like way like Roger Goodell can. But right now, I, I, I think he could because it's a time of crisis. And the rules change during a time of crisis. I used FDR as an example yesterday as we were running out of time. FDR ran for a fourth term. He did what no president had done before and none have done since because they amended the Constitution. But FDR was president from 1933 to 1945. He was elected in 32 in the election of 32. And the United States declared war in 1941, first on Japan and then Germany shortly thereafter. And and FDR said, you know what? Screw it. I'm running for a third time. I'm running for a fourth time because I said so. Because I'm the president and that's what's best and we're at war. So get over it. And we did. Country got over it. Nobody looks back at FDR and says, oh, what a terrible human being. What a power hungry human being for seeking a third and fourth term. Well, some people might. Probably people who who are very right wing, right? People who didn't like his politics, which is fine. But the idea that a third and fourth term was was out of bounds No, because we were at war. It was a time of war. And he said, look, the Nazis are advancing towards Britain. We need continuity. We need strength. I'm staying in office. All right, fine. It's a a time of conflict, a time of crisis. And I think Adam Silver needs to take a a fairly similar approach. Like I said, 99% of the time, Adam Silver couldn't get away 
with being a heavy-handed leader the way that Roger Goodell can. Because the NFL commands so much money, Roger Goodell can basically do what he wants as long as the money keeps going into the bank. And it does. But if there was ever a time for Adam Silver to be heavy-handed and say, this is the way it's going to be, because I said so, now is the time. During the during a pandemic, during a crisis, because the rules change. When we come back, I, I want to continue to compare Roger Goodell. I want to talk about Adam Silver. And I actually want to talk about baseball because they're the sport that is actually putting the wheels in motion to return. Now, the NFL I, seems like they're going to come back, but on schedule, right? Their season wasn't interrupted. It wasn't delayed. That's just coming back in the fall. But baseball and NBA, both the same goal right now, to return to play as soon as possible. And baseball, at least, is putting the wheels in motion, something the NBA hasn't been able to do. So I want to continue to talk about this in the next segment. Commissioners leading in times of crisis, because the rules change. I think we all agree with that. If you want to join the conversation, you can. 608-796-2558. That's the five-star telecom talk and text line. We'll keep talking about this next. Radio Joe on the way. A lot more to come. This is the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. My name is Grant Bills. Radio Joe Zanzola, executive producer of The Bill Michael Show, coming up in about 10 minutes. We're talking about the politics of sport, the leadership of sport, specifically the commissioners, Roger Goodell, Adam Silver, Rob Manfred. And we didn't talk a whole lot about Rob Manfred to start the show, so I want to get into Rob Manfred just a little bit. The politics of sport and sports media is, is fascinating. I think it's very entertaining to watch how these leaders of the Players Association and the commissioners of the leagues and the players themselves and the agents, how everyone's maneuvering, how everybody's being strategic about everything they say and do. I think it's fascinating. We're seeing sport in a different light. We're almost seeing it as a business, right? Baseball seems vulnerable for the first time in my lifetime where they're like, yeah, we, we're going to run out of money. We're not going to make any money. And the NBA is like, well, we're going to lose a bunch of money. We have to pay back these regional sports networks if we don't play more games and we're going to lose money. Sports has always been just hauling cash in in my lifetime. And at least for the first time in my memory, this is the first time where sport is seen as a business and like any other business can be vulnerable, especially during times like this. So it's very interesting to see sports and commissioners and players and agents see them all in a different light right now. And I think the best way to try to put this into perspective is to talk about the commissioners and the leaders of these groups as leaders or as managers. And there's a big difference between the two. A great manager doesn't have to be a great leader, and a great leader may not be a great manager. There is a difference. Leaders shine best during crisis. That's when they strut their stuff. That's when they step up to the plate. Managers shine and excel when everything is normal. When the status quo remains unchanged, right? Leaders have people who follow them. Where managers have people who work for them. And both roles are really, really important. You need managers. We need leaders. Some people are incredible and can do it both. Most people can't. Some people can't do either. I don't know if I could do either, to be completely honest. Leaders, managers, there's a difference. And in a time of crisis where the status quo has been disrupted and, and, and we need someone to look to, we don't need managers. We need leaders. Winston Churchill. And I don't know where all these World War II examples are coming from, but this is the, the last time a good example of a, of a crisis. I know we've had crises since World War II, but World War II is taught in school. We know the history. We know the people. Winston Churchill is a great example of someone who's a great leader, but not a great manager. And we remember Winston Churchill as a hero. 
and, and as a, and as an iconic heroic figure. But he wasn't a great manager. He's a great leader, but not a great manager. He had bad judgment. He's a little bit racist towards Jewish people, towards the Islamic faith, towards India, which people forget was a British colony at the time. It's like, man, British, British had colonial rule less than 100 years ago? Yeah, they did. And Winston Churchill was a big part of that. He was stubborn. He lingered in office way longer than he should have. Winston Churchill was a bad manager, but he was a great leader. And we saw that during the war. He was charismatic. He was inspiring. He was a great speaker. And through his leadership, just may have changed the course of history. Without Winston Churchill, the world could look very different right now. But Winston Churchill is not a manager. He's not a manager. He was a leader. And he was a great leader. One of the greatest leaders in the last couple of hundred years. One that we talk about, teach about, lecture about. He wasn't a great manager. What about Cadell, Silver, and Manfred? Well, we don't exactly have a world war to put Roger Goodell's leadership style into perspective, but we can look at what Roger Goodell and Silver and Manfred, we can look at what they've done so far. And maybe that will help us try to figure out what they should do moving forward. Let's look at Roger Goodell. I think his strength is avoiding a crisis and deferring during a crisis. Goodell knows that money talks over everything. And the NFL has had plenty of crises just in the last five years. Concussions, the national anthem protests. Thursday night football was a mess and players were against it. He has revived that. He brought it to one network, put it on Fox, and now it's great. Monday night football is kind of struggling right now. The booth isn't great. ESPN's thinking about moving it to ABC, which means the NFL would be on all four major networks, which would be a huge win for the league and for Goodell. Roger Goodell is great at deferring during a crisis, meaning, okay, well, we got this concussion thing going on. Yeah, we're going to have to pay it, but you know what? The league's growing. We're making so much money that we'll figure it out and we'll get through it. And they did. And the National Anthem controversy. Yeah, this is a mess. People are arguing. People are upset. We're not all on the same page, but the league is improving. We're getting more money. We're being more successful. And that'll help us get through it. Roger Goodell's leadership is, all right, let's put our nose down. The league's getting better. We're making money. And anything that gets in our way will just be seen as a, as a minor obstacle a couple of years from now. And that has turned out to be the case for concussions, for the national anthem. Everything that football haters said, this is the end of the NFL. No, it's not. Because it's one of the biz, big, most profitable businesses in the world. And Roger Goodell knows that. So he plays to that strength. I don't know if that makes him a leader or a manager. Maybe Roger Goodell's strength is managing through a crisis. When everyone's panicking and freaking out, Roger Goodell's like, it's fine. We're making money hand over fist. We'll figure out a way to get through it. And when you're making a lot of money, you can do that, right? (laughs) If you're in the middle of a crisis and you don't have a pot to piss in, well, then, yeah, you got to do something. But Roger Goodell, no. You got the money, we'll figure it out. And they have figured everything out. Adam Silver, on the other hand, hasn't really had to deal a lot with crisis, except for the Donald Sterling Clippers incident, which we already talked about and we mentioned yesterday. But, but... That was low-hanging fruit from Adam Silver. Adam Silver came into the league. He said, I'm the player's commissioner. I'm going to be about the players, for the players. This is the era of player empowerment. That's my way as a commissioner. And ousting Donald Sterling and fining him and banning him from arenas just played into his image. Fit his brand perfectly. So other than the Donald Sterling thing, which was a win, 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 win for Adam Silver, he hasn't had to deal with much. Silver's a great manager. 
Because the NBA has been exploding the last couple of years because they've empowered their superstars. Shoe brands are bigger than ever, especially with, I mean, with Michael Jordan right now, but James Harden with Adidas and Giannis has got his own shoe that everybody loves. Kyrie, Kyrie's shoes are awesome. I don't even like Kyrie. Kyrie's shoes are awesome. And these players are moving everywhere and their brands have never been bigger. And Adam Silver has allowed it to happen. He stepped back and said, we're going great. I'm going to get out of the way. And in that sense, he has been a great manager. But now the NBA doesn't need a manager. They need a leader. And I'm not exactly sure how Adam Silver is going to handle that. Rob Manfred might be the interesting one of the three. You don't know a whole lot about Rob Manfred. The baseball commissioner certainly isn't in, in the spotlight like Roger Goodell, or to a lesser extent, Adam Silver. Rob Manfred is an interesting case study. Baseball is kind of the cheater sport. right? Every 15 years or so, we, we get a cheating scandal, just kind of the way it is. So I don't know if the Astros thing will be seen as totally out of the ordinary. I think it will just get lumped in with the steroid era. They'll just have the, the sign-stealing era, or that little window of time where the Astros were cheating, and a couple other clubs were too. The backlash to the Astros, quote-unquote, punishment was unreal the way that the players stepped up and spoke out against the commissioner in the league was something I haven't seen in my lifetime from any sports league it was unreal and Manfred can make that all go away because he's presented like Adam Silver has with an amazing distraction Silver from the China incident Manfred from the Astros incident if these two commissioners kill it and do great no one's going to talk and tarnish their legacy with the incidents that happened in the past couple of months And we'll see how Rob Manfred handles it. Right now, baseball is kind of killing it, at least in comparison to the NBA. They have the wheels in motion. The NBA is just stuck in quicksand right now. How should Manfred and Silver handle their leagues? Because both leagues are different. They value different things. Their fans value different things. I think this is the time for Manfred to go easy. I think Manfred should say, look, let's give give the players what we want. We'll get it figured out in the next CBA. Just give the players what we want. Get the product back on the field now, as soon as possible. I think Manfred should fold. If the players don't want a salary cap, they don't want to split revenue, fine. Get the damn product on the TV. That should be Manfred's goal. Adam Silver, on the other hand, I think he should dig in. Where Manfred should go easy, I think Silver should dig in. And for the first time in his leadership of the NBA, he should say, this is the way we're going to do it. And I don't care if you disagree. I say so, and I'm the commissioner. So that's how it's going to go. And it would be the first time in his career that he'd do it. And I think both of their leagues, baseball and basketball, would definitely be better for that approach. Manfred kind of folding and saying, all right, players, fine. I want the damn game on the TV now. That would be good for baseball. And Adam Silver could set a little bit of a precedent. Hey, guys, when times are great, I kind of let you have run of the place. And I trust you and I give you leash. But when push comes to shove, I'm in charge. And if it takes a pandemic, you know, once every hundred years to remind the NBA players, fine. I think they'll get over it. And I don't want Adam Silver to, to worry and, and to be crippled that everybody's going to hate him, which I think is the situation we're currently in. We're, we're late for a break. We're going to bring Radio Joe's and Zola in. He's the executive producer of the Bill Michaels Show. I just kind of want to BS with him. I don't even have questions prepared. I don't, I don't want this to be formal. I just want to reconnect with Joe. I want to reconnect with some of my guests because it's been a couple of months. So we'll see how Radio Joe's doing. Talk about baseball, basketball. Maybe we'll get into Brett Favre and his comments as well. That's coming up next. The Wisco Sports Show rolls on here on WKTY. Wisco Sports Show rolls on here on WKTY. My name is Grant Bills. I'm your host. Hey, thanks for hanging out. Hope you're having a good night. We're going to talk Brett Favre. He was on Willie and Tausch. Is it yesterday? Earlier this week? Doesn't matter. I don't even know what. I don't even know what day it is. 
Who cares? Brett Favre was on earlier this week. We're going to talk about what he had to say coming up in about 15 minutes. And I heard Radio Joe and Bill Michaels during the Bill Michaels show earlier today on WKTY talking about the same thing. Joe now joins us on the Five Star Telecom Talk and Text Line. Joe, it's been, man, I don't even know how long it's been. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to be back on the air, and, and I'm glad I have a chance to reconnect with some of my guests. How you been, man? I'm doing well, man. Yeah, it's good that your show is back on the air. It's, um, as we all know, it's it's been very crazy times, and even even for us radio guys. I mean, we've, we've had to, you know, I've seen some of my colleagues get cut, you know, because of, you know, because of the budget, and, yeah. you know, it's, it, it's, it has been it's been tough on us too, and I, I just want to say to everyone in lacrosse, thank you for those who have been listening to Bill throughout all this. I mean, really, from the bottom of my heart, I really appreciate it because you guys are part of the reason why we're still on the air right now, and just trying to keep you guys hanging in there as well, trying to provide that escape. Well, and yeah, I, I appreciate your show because it kind of gives me a sense of normalcy. It's like, well, if Bill Michaels isn't on from eleven to two on WKTY, and I don't get to go to work every day at four o'clock, then life starts to feel a lot more. A, a lot more uh, worrisome. If we have a little bit of a sense of routine, even if we don't have sports, if we have that routine, it's it certainly helps a lot. I, I wanted to ask you, we've been talking so much about the NBA compared to baseball and, and how both leagues are trying to get back to, back to playing, back on TV. NBA was obviously interrupted and baseball never got a chance to start. For your listeners, and I know you have listeners all over the state, so maybe there's not one perfect answer, but for your listeners... Who call your program? What are people more concerned about? Do people want Brewers baseball more, or are they more focused on getting the Bucks back to playing? What's been the hot topic as far as return to play for those two leagues? I don't know. That's actually a really good question because you know when it comes to ranking Wisconsin sports, we all know the Packers are number one in this state. Obviously, duh. Um, I think number two is Brewers baseball, just because that uh, Milwaukee Brewers have been able to accomplish more in recent history than the Milwaukee Bucks have. And I think now there are more people around the state that are uh, gaining more interest in the Milwaukee Bucks, and they see Giannis, and they know what he's all about, and they know that um, you know he is one of the best players in the league right now, and I mean, reigning MVP for crying out loud. So there's certainly more attention to the Milwaukee Bucks. I just don't know, you know if, it's, if it's dead even between Bucks and Brewers. I, I'll say this, though. I think anyone will just take any sport that they can get their hands on yeah. right now. And if the Bucks can return and the Brewers don't, I think a lot of people around the state are going to be watching the Bucks, and vice versa. If the Brewers, if they come back and play 82 games and the NBA decides to cancel the rest of the season, um, it, it, at least you've got Brewer baseball to watch. I, I think right now we're grasping for anything until we get to the NFL season, which hopefully is on schedule. Yeah, I, I think the NFL is going to be on schedule because I think they're going to will it into existence. That's kind of the NFL way. I'm really concerned the NBA season is going to return, Joe. And even if it does return, I don't know as a Bucks fan first and second as a radio host who talks about the Bucks. I don't know how to feel about it because there's not going to be fans. Chances are they probably won't play them in home stadiums. They'll probably do one centralized location. So the idea that the Bucks have the best record and therefore home court advantage and, and they get the fans in the beautiful Pfizer form, even if basketball does return, I don't know how I'm going to feel about it. I want the Bucks to have a chance to compete for a title because they put themselves in that position throughout, the, what, 60 games of this season. But as a Bucks fan, I, excuse me for not jumping up and down at the idea of all the teams quarantining in Vegas when I can't go to a game, when I can't go cover a game, when Pfizer form in the Deer District doesn't get to 
be full and, and they don't have home court advantage. I, I want the Bucks to return, Joe, but maybe you feel like me, like even if they do, it's it's not going to be the same. Yeah, I mean, the way I see it is this. Now, I, I just don't know. I, I don't know what the NBA is going to do. Like, let's say they relaunch this thing. Sure. The first thing is they need some kind of preseason. So that would mean basically playing the rest of the regular season games you had on your schedule to ramp these guys up. I mean, they can't just start the playoffs. So there has to be some sort of ramp ramp up thing. And then after that, it's like, do you want to do the full slate of playoff games? Do you want to limit it to three-game series, five-game series? I mean, how do you want to do that? Like, a lot of those specifics, we have not heard anything from the league about. I mean, they're just, they just want to make sure that if they're going to do this, they want to do this in the safest way possible. And I, that's, that's the most responsible thing um, you should be focused on right now. But after that, I mean, we really don't know what the structure is. I would just like to think that, number one, there needs to be some kind of tournament. There needs to be some kind of series involved. And then let's just say it's the Milwaukee Bucks and the Los Angeles Lakers in the championship. Yep. And let's say, let, let's say that's a three-game or a five-game series, or, or heck, even a seven-game series. That, that would be cool. If everyone is playing, if, LeBron, if it's LeBron James against Giannis, if it's Anthony Davis against Chris Middleton, if it's all the top dogs from each team playing against each other in this championship round, it's going to be very hard for me to say, hey, you know, you got to put an asterisk on it. You got, you got, it just, uh, that, I don't know if that really counted because it's the best of the best going up against each other, and that's what you wanted. Now, yeah, you're not going to get your home crowd at Pfizer Forum, but you know what? The Lakers aren't going to get their home crowd at Staples Center, so it's kind of a wash. I mean, the Bucks would probably have one extra game if it was a seven-game series at Pfizer Forum. But nonetheless, I just think as long as the best of the best are playing, I think that's still pretty legitimate. Now, if LeBron is missing, or heck, if Giannis is missing, or some of these players are missing because they've been infected with COVID-19, yeah. now all of a sudden it doesn't feel the same because the guys you really wanted to see who are going to play the biggest part in this are not there and that's a little that that's that's a tougher pill for me to swallow. Saying that, oh yeah, the Bucks they they totally won this thing. They they deserve the championship. It, it, there's a lot of variables that go into this grant. So you know, I don't know. The, the first thing for me though is I want basketball back. I don't really care how they do it. You do it in the safest way possible. But at least bring it back and do not cancel the season. That will hurt more than anything else. Yeah, a lot of people like Shaq came out and said the other day, like, this season's going to have an asterisk. I'm like, well, we might think that right now, but I don't I don't feel that way. Everybody said that after the Raptors won last year. Well, there's an asterisk because of all the injuries. I'm like, well, in the moment, it's easy to think that way, but as history moves on, it's the Raptors are the champions. And if and if the NBA can come back this year and there's a champion and, and nobody gets infected, like, that's that's the kicker for all of this. If Giannis gets sick and can't play... Well, then I don't think the championship has validity, and I think that will be remembered differently as if, well, they had to play it in Vegas. So so I, I agree with you there. It's difficult for me to jump up and down when the Bucks earned that home court advantage, right? It's not supposed to be all teams experiencing the same advantages or disadvantages. That's not how the playoffs work, right? You earn your seeding, and, and there's already enough devaluation of the regular season as it is, and, and now I'm getting down a, a wormhole that I don't... We, we don't have time to go down, but another time we can talk about that. I want to talk about baseball. Radio Joe joining us from the Bill Michaels Show. You can hear him with Bill every day from 11 to 2 on KTY. What do you think about baseball and what the players are doing right now? I was listening 
I don't know if it was Monday or Tuesday morning. Like I like I said, all the days run together. But Bill was was basically stating his opinion about the players wanting more money. They they don't they're scared of a salary cap. They don't want the 50-50 revenue split, which is understandable, but as Bill was saying, it really doesn't appear great and it doesn't come off great when a, what a fourth, a fifth of the country is unemployed and people are struggling right now and baseball players are 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 complaining about money. And when Bill said that, I'm like, "Well, I don't know. I don't maybe that's a little dramatic, but like Blake Snell came out and said today, "I'm not playing. I'm not, I'm not playing for less money." And I read that I was like, "Dude, like people can't work right now. We're unemployed. How does baseball and the financial struggle right now? How does that land for you? What's your opinion on it?" Well, the first thing is, if Blake Snell doesn't want to play, then don't play. Sure, don't get don't get paid. I mean, it's just as simple as that. Like, I, I get it. You you're you're taking a risk by going out and playing, but that is your job. And there's a lot of people that are working right now who go out every day and are taking the same exact risk as Blake Snell. True. So, you know, we're, we are in the moment right now where you're not a millionaire, Grant. I'm not a millionaire. Most <laughs> of the people listening to this show right now are not millionaires. They don't want to hear millionaires or billionaires bicker about this and complain about this. They don't want to hear it. We're all in the same boat here, and some people have more luxuries than others. So I, I get Blake Snell's concern and the risk he's taking, but that doesn't mean he has to play. If he, if he doesn't want to take that chance, then just sit in your house. Yeah, there's I, pl- I there's, there's, There are plenty of other guys, Grant, I'll guarantee you in baseball right now, pro baseball players that do want to play and that are willing to take that chance, and they'll, they'll take anything they can get right now. You know, there's got to be some compromise here. Either do the players want this or not? And, yeah, there have been some – I mean, Blake Snell hasn't been the only one. Trevor Bauer's another one that's been very vocal about it. Mm-hmm. But I also think there's a lot of other players that do want to get this done. And at the end of the day, they're still going to be getting a nice paycheck for, for going out and doing this. And this is a golden opportunity for the sport. Yeah. If they can if they can do this in the, in the safest way that they can, now all of a sudden they're on the front stage and everyone in the country is watching them. If they can beat the NBA to this, there's going to be more eyes on baseball because baseball right now is having an identity crisis. And this would be the right opportunity to do it. But if it comes down to strictly money, if if baseball has the right plan in place to make sure these guys can be as safe as they can, and it simply comes down to money for not making this work, there's going to be a lot of people in this country who are going to say, you know what? Screw this sport. I'm not going to waste my time. I'm going to find something else. So again, when we're talking about money in this day and age, the average Joes, they don't want to hear it. They no. just don't. No, and real quickly, Joe, because I, I wasn't alive at the time for the strike in the mid-90s, but I've heard some radio hosts who talk about their experience with the strike and how it took some people years to get back into baseball. Some people didn't get back until the steroid home run chase got them back into it. What, what was your experience, real briefly? Like, did you turn off baseball for a couple of years, or were you right back into it? Because I think if baseball doesn't come back this year because of finances, it could be a very similar situation for fans. Dude, I was like... Four when all that stuff oh, okay. is going on. <laughs> I, I seriously, it's like I, I don't, I, I, I couldn't give you an answer. I didn't even get into baseball until I was like ten. Sure. And like I, because I, you know, I started playing softball and stuff as a kid, and, and mm-hmm. you know, and then I, then I really started to get into the Brewers. You know, going to Brewer games. Like my first Brewer game was what seven, eight, nine years old. 
nine years old, I think. It was like the second to last year at County Stadium. Mm-hmm. That, that, that was the first time I'd ever gone to a Brewer game, and that's when I actually started to like baseball and enjoy the Milwaukee Brewers. So uh, that, that, dude, that is way before my time. But the last thing we need is to have a strike in baseball. That, that's just that's the last thing. Those guys really need to figure that stuff out. Well, that's true, Joe. You went bald during quarantine. You shaved your dome, and you just sound wise beyond your years. So I guess I just assumed that you had... <laughs> That you had experience with the strike. I guess I didn't really do the math. I, I never do the math, man. I, I hope you keep doing well. The Will Michael Show is great, and we appreciate you bringing some normalcy to our day. We're going to keep listening, and, and Joe, I appreciate you calling in and, and giving me some time because I can't imagine it's easy to come up with topics right now. I know you're you're probably working hard to fill time, so I appreciate you giving me an interview, Joe. Thanks again. No, you know what? We're booking guests. We're doing. Our, we're still doing a lot of good things for the show, and hey, Aaron Rodgers is supposed to talk tomorrow, so that that's going to be really good to hear unfortunately it's gonna be right after our show ends naturally so you'll just have to wait till monday um but I, i'm hosting the show next friday grant if you want to come on the show let's let's make that happen hey i i graduate tomorrow's my i turn in my last assignment tomorrow so next week i will be a graduated man i'll have nothing better to do than than to do radio stuff so absolutely man hit me up thanks again joe be well and and i hope we can talk again soon this was fun to to get back in touch yeah, you you as well, dude. Hang in there, and congratulations on graduating. Hey, thanks, Joe. I'll talk to you soon. That's that's Radio Joe, Bill Michael's show. He's the executive producer, and you hear him every day from 11 to 2 on WKTY. And maybe I'll just have to hop on the Bill Michael's show. Go and, go and plug the good word that, that we've been preaching here in Lacrosse all over there. <clears throat> 16 stations all over the state, which they love, love to talk about. And rightfully so. If I was on 16 stations, I'd probably talk about it too. 15 minutes a day. When we come back, I want to talk about the Packers. Aaron Rodgers is going to speak tomorrow. But in the meantime, let's discuss what the previous Packers quarterback had to say. Brett Favre went on Wilde and Tausch earlier this week. He made some interesting comments. I don't want to dig too deep into the comments because I don't really care. And I want to explain why coming up next. Final segment of the Wisco Sports Show right here on WKTY. Final segment of the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. My name is Grant Bills. A big thanks to Radio Joe. Just got off the horn with him, the five-star telecom talk and text line. If you missed that interview, you want to see what's up in the world of Radio Joe. We talked a little NBA, MLB, whether or not the players should just suck it up and play for less money or they should keep fighting all of the politics and details that are going into this return-to-play plan. We talked about it all, and you can check out the podcast at WKTYsports.com. And on our mobile app as well. I got like I got to finish the show first. I'll, I'll post it a little bit after six o'clock, so you can check out what you missed. It was big news. I don't know if you saw. Brett Favre went on a radio show, and it's always huge news when Brett Favre goes on a radio show. Before before I say what I'm going to say, I want to make something abundantly clear. I love Brett Favre. I love Brett Favre. Not just because he was a Packers quarterback and he won a Super Bowl and he won a couple MVPs. I mean, that's all great. He's a great player. I love Brett Favre because his personality came through. When he played. I love athletes where their personality shows up in their game. You have it in some basketball players. You have it in some football players. Baseball's a little bit harder. But when a personality of a player comes through while they are playing, that that's fun to watch. And Brett Favre was one of those few guys. I think Patrick Mahomes has that. I think Aaron Rodgers has a little bit of that as well. A little bit of California cool in his play style. That's why I love Brett Favre. On top of everything he did for my team, the Green Bay Packers. I'm not here to hate on Favre. I want to make that abundantly clear. So bear with me. If you think I'm being a Favre hater, just stick with me. Don't tune me out. I promise. So Favre went on Wilde and Tausch. 
which is on ESPN Wisconsin. And it's basically the platform for Packers players or coaches or former any Packer ever to just go on whenever they want, when they want to whine or when they want to make a statement, make some news, break a story. They go on Wilde and Tausch. And the best way to describe it is probably if you watch Parks and Rec with Nick Offerman and Leslie Poehler was on NBC. If you've seen that, it's now, I think, on Netflix and Hulu. If you've seen that, it's basically the Wisconsin equivalent to Perd Happily or Joan Calamezzo, right? Anytime Leslie or Ron or anybody needed to, like, get news out about what the the Parks and Rec Department was doing, they went on one of those shows. It's like, all right, I'll go do Perd Happily's show. It's the same with Wilde and Tausch. You got something to complain about, news you want to share, you go on with Wilde and Tausch. Here's the quote. Talking about his retirement, the way Favre ended his career versus the way Rodgers is now ending his career. I was thinking about trying a Brett Favre voice. Well, here, I'll try it for a sentence and see how cringy it is. <clears throat> this is Brett Favre. If I, if I could go back and do things differently, I certainly would. That's too bad. I need to work on that. If I could go back and do things differently, I certainly would. This is Brett Favre. When I made the decision to tell Mike McCarthy that I would retire, I was probably a month, month and a half removed from the season. It was before the draft. I always make this comparison. And maybe it makes sense to me and not to others. But if you think back to when you were in grade school, you couldn't wait to get out of school for the summer. But by the end of the summer, you were kind of ready to go back. And that is the kind of way it is with football. The older I got, the tougher it got to get reinvigorated and excited about it. Essentially saying I would have liked to do things differently, but that's how it turned out. And everybody started talking about Brett Favre, talking about his divorce with the Packers. Aaron Rodgers might go the same way. I, here's what my question. I, forget everything Brett Favre just said. I don't really care. Here's my, here's my question. Are we ever going to get to a point where we don't freak out over Brett Favre commenting on the Packers? Are we, are we ever going to reach that point? Because this really isn't newsworthy. Like, Brett Favre is just describing what happened, what, 12 years ago now? And it's, it's in the news. It's the news cycle. Well, how do you react to this? What do you have to say? It's, there's nothing there. Are we ever going to get to a point where we don't freak out every time Brett Favre opens his mouth? There are, there are players from all leagues who retire and are informed, connected. They give good analysis, and they know what's going on with the league, and they can speak intelligently about it. I'm not saying Brett Favre is dumb. I'm not saying he's not well-spoken, but he's not exactly the guy who's connected and has his ear to the ground with the Packers organization, with Aaron Rodgers. He goes to Mississippi to hunt. That's Brett Favre. Greg Jennings, for example, now works at Fox Sports 1. I don't think he's particularly good at his job, but he's connected and he's an analyst, okay? Let's talk to Greg Jennings. Brett Favre is not, Brett Favre is not that guy. Brilliant player. I don't know why we freak out over his opinion. He explicitly, explicitly states in this interview that he doesn't really know the Packers organization. He said this. Look, I don't know the organization anymore. I met Matt LaFleur once. He seems like a great guy. Good coach. Why is that a statement that inspires confidence in what follows? I don't care what else he has to say. This is Brett Favre just BSing, and I like Brett Favre. But it's like when Kareem shows up at Pfizer Forum and we all freak out like we've never seen Kareem Abdul-Jabbar before. How many years has it been since he's been a buck? Can we still lose our mind? Are we ever going to get over it? Every time Brett Favre opens his mouth. It's, it's, it's nothing. I listened to the whole interview. I was bored out of my mind. We'll be back tomorrow. We're going to talk more Packers. Maybe we'll have more news on baseball and Aaron Rodgers speaking with media tomorrow. We'll talk about it then. Same time, same place here on the Wisco Sports Show, WKTY.